Uh, this is uh, Thomas, and welcome to the first edition of Bear Scat. Uh, with me is yeah, it's Jim, man. Good, to, good to be with you here, Tom. I'm excited. The second you told me that you wanted to do a Bears podcast, I kind of knew that I wanted to be a part of it. So I'm excited that it's kind of finally come to fruition, even though it's been a little bit. It's awesome. So uh, our podcast is uh, uh, going to be about uh, just. Whatever we feel on particular issues, uh, when it comes to the Bears, no uh, bullshit on here. Uh, we're going to tell it straight like we see it. And we're starting off today with uh, uh, recent uh, Nagy, uh, Justin Fields uh, commentary. So we'll take, a, we'll take a listen to that. Yeah, I mean, like this is pretty fresh, right? Like this happened a couple hours ago and... I had obviously known that we were going to be doing this podcast today, so I had kind of been outlining in my mind just some of the things I wanted to talk about and just how, how excited I was about this week with Justin Fields getting his first start, and it kind of feels like we're moving so towards the future. Th- this, is my, this is my first time hearing this. And so then I heard this clip, and I got to your house, and I realized that you hadn't heard it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it, and I'm going to get your live reaction here. This is a couple hours ago, Matt Nagy on Justin Fields. State when we talked about uh, the comment that he made to me about generational talent. When you when you put a person or a quarterback that can throw the ball like he can, but can run like he can, and has the the, you know, the, the ability to process and the want and the fire, the competitiveness, all that together, that's why you go get him. And so now, when we were able to get him, now you know, okay, when it is his time, there's going to be a lot of good stuff that that we can do with this offense. But that does take a little bit of time, you know, and you see that as you go. There's little things that we're, we're learning, too. Like this week, with him getting all the reps in practice, there's things that we're seeing that maybe we didn't see in the first two weeks because he wasn't getting those one reps. And that part is good. That's healthy because now as long as we take that to him and say, hey, listen, when you do this, this, or that, um, this is what you got to get a little bit better at. This is what you're doing well. Right? Let's go back and watch the tape and see why you were a little bit late on this throw. And for him, all he's doing is just these building blocks of a foundation of how he's getting better. That's the beauty of him having these great reps in practice, you know, which is what he wasn't getting. But now he has an opportunity to do it, so we got to take advantage of it. So does your mind... So <laughs> he's getting these great reps in practice. Brief, brief aside, you know what? You know what just pisses me off about Matt Nagy is that he talks about football things like he has no control over them. He's like. <laughs> Oh, we gotta we gotta run the ball more. We gotta throw the ball more to the tight end. Justin Fields wasn't getting reps in practice. Like you're the fucking coach. Like <laughs> you, you're the one that's making those decisions. But anyway, we can get to that more later. You, you know what I just heard there? That's Matt Nagy just saying we just wasted two months. Of time. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like um, hasn't he been on the team all this time? Yeah. I, I thought that was like one of the focuses of trying to get him ready for the season because I, I think everybody. It maybe except McNaggy has expected Fields to come on the field at some point. It just was not right away. I mean, did really anybody think that Dalton was going to start 16 games or excuse me, 17 games? I mean, really, nobody thought that. In fact, most people, when you talk to them, uh, the general uh, I, the general idea seems to have been that he was going to start in Week Four. Well, that's the thing. Like ev- every Bears fan. Every every football fan, every every football commentator since they drafted Justin Fields has said, 
what the hell are you doing with Andy Dalton? <laughs> why, why would you start him ahead of Justin Fields? And we haven't really gotten a good answer to that question, right? All no. we've heard is that, well, Dalton's better. He knows the offense better. He's more ready to start an NFL game. And they never once gave Fields an opportunity that he was ready to do that. And, and Matt Nagy, just now, just saying, hey, we, now that we're giving him that opportunity... We love what we're seeing. He's developing. He's so, learning. Like, no kidding. So Jim's perspective, uh, he, he pulled up a unique perspective a couple of weeks ago. You know, he, he said, if you, if you really examine this, the worst of the two players is playing, is starting, deliberately. So they're, ta- they're looking at two players. One is obviously much more talented than the other one, not to mention a decade younger. Uh, but he is obviously, nobody would say to those two players, look at those two players and say, um, oh yeah, they're equal. They're only, the only reason that they have Dalton going is because of experience. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get that. But really, is the team that great that just bringing in an experienced quarterback is going to make the difference? I don't think anybody believes that. No, I mean, this team is not really any good, I don't think. Like, maybe you luck out and you make the playoffs and you lose in the first round again, but that's about the ceiling. So why are you wasting time with Andy Dalton at all? Like, if if Andy Dalton gets you to the playoffs and wins 10 games and goes out in the first round and you don't play Justin Fields, that is a wasted season. Absolutely. I mean, uh, all you have to do is look at last year. Um, You know, we could have had... I, I always want to make the point of this, and that is we could have had Dalton for free last year. We didn't have to go take on the worst contract in the NFL, the number one worst contract, and give up a fourth-round pick when we don't have very much draft resources to begin with. We could have had him last year. Nobody wanted him, and the Bengals weren't going to pay him $17 million. Everybody in the NFL knew that. But instead, we go get uh, Foles because everybody on the team has some kind of association with Foles. And what happens? Trubisky plays. So, you know, I, I, I don't get this. Really, if you look at it, um, the only reason that we got to the playoffs is we backed in. But if you want to give the credit to somebody, give it to Trubisky. Yeah, and the defense. And that team was technically a playoff team, but nobody really felt that that was any any sort of tangibly good football. Right. Like, I mean, they looked at it as, oh, we backed in, which is what they did. You know, now... Uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate um, that the team played so poorly, but did anybody really think that we were going to go down to New Orleans and win that game? No. No, and, and that's just the point, is that the only thing that matters this year is the development of Justin Fields. Absolutely. Like, that That is the only goal of the season. And, because- you know, a good point, a good part of that is, why is it that all of his peers are playing and he's not? Now, of course, a lot of people will automatically say, well, Lance isn't. You're right, but he has a much better player than Dalton in front of him. Not to mention, that team is built top to bottom much better than the Bears. And, and Lance is going from North Dakota State trying to learn a Kyle Shanahan offense. Right. Justin Fields played at Ohio State. He played against Clemson. He played against Alabama. Are you really telling me that he is less ready to start an NFL game than Zach Wilson? That just <laughs> makes no sense. Like Absolutely. Jimmy G, to your point, took the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Like, yes, that team was
was driven by their defense, but yep. he has a track record of success in the NFL. Like, it makes no sense to be giving reps to Andy Dalton, especially on a team that doesn't really have that high of a ceiling when you look at the rest of the roster. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the the Niners, compared to us, I don't see a comparison. Um, they're, they're much... Uh, they're, Offense definitely is built better than ours is, um, you know, and they have a lot of really great young pieces on defense too. Um, really, with San Francisco, they should be in the driver's seat if you if you look at their roster from top to bottom. Uh, if I'm a Niners fan, I'm wondering why they aren't one of the top-rated teams in the NFL right now. Why they aren't a favor to go to the Super Bowl because they should based on what they have, but. That being beside the point, the real point is that Trevor Lawrence is on an awful team, uh, and Zach Wilson about got his head beat in in the first game of the season. Both of them, it was no question going into the season that they were starting. Zero. And they're uh, to me, they're in worse situations. Yeah, and I mean, go to Max Jones. I mean, Bill Belichick obviously knows something about developing a quarterback. He's started Mac Jones over Cam Newton. That wasn't even the plan going into training camp. He adjusted based on what he saw. And what I heard in that clip right there is the Bears never gave Fields an opportunity to prove that he was ready. They never gave him reps with the first team in camp or in the preseason. They're just doing it now out of necessity. And everything that Nagy just said there meant that all of that time was wasted, just like everybody could have guessed. It was it was the exact same thing as Mike Glennon. Like, it just didn't accomplish anything to have Andy Dalton out there. Yeah, um, it, you know, uh, again, uh, agreement. I, I don't, I, I, it goes back to what you were just saying, um, that they're, they have two players and they are deliberately playing the worst one. And Nagy has taken this, um, hard stance uh, uh, that he has to play Dalton ever since they brought Dalton onto the roster, which befuddled everybody. Uh, for one thing, I mean they were bringing in Andy Dalton. Okay, let's. Uh, they were bringing in Tom Brady. All right, they were bringing in Andy they Dalton. Gave him what a seven million dollar raise, by the way. <laughs> I mean, after all he did to earn that last year down in Dallas. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, uh, guys that like to bash Trubisky, uh, go pull up the numbers of those two players, and you'll see that Trubisky actually had a better season than Dalton did. Um, so. The, but, you know, that brings it, uh, it brings us back to what Jim was just saying about Mac Jones, right? Um, he's a, he's actually, a, I thought that he was a good young player coming out of Alabama. I thought he um, was definitely worth a look. I thought he was going to be the one that might fall to us. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, he is. He went into a good situation with the, about arguably the best quarterback guru in the NFL, yeah. right? And, um, you know, he's doing well. He's playing smart football. But he's had the support ever since he got there. And Jim is right. There, For some reason, the it's like there's this... Um, it's like there's this, this uh, attitude from Nagy about, I'm only going to play fields if there's absolutely no way that I can do something else. Last week... Uh, Dalton went back on the field after he was injured. He actually limped out on the field. 
Like, why, why do you think that is? Do you think that's just because Nagy saw uh, how Andy Reid handled Pat Mahomes? Or do you think he's trying to, like, extend his leash? Like, it, it just makes no sense why you trade up, you invest all of this in a quarterback that you just called a generational talent, and then you're choosing not to play him or even give him an opportunity. Like, if in camp Dalton and Fields had had a genuine competition and Dalton had won, fine but he was never given that chance and nobody's ever explained why and it just it's it's a mystery to me yeah that was uh it there was never um and bears fans are the kings of quarterback controversy i yeah. i don't think anybody would argue that um but there was never quarterback controversy other than uh the fans just saying what what are we doing here um I know that there are uh, people out there that, you know, feel like Dalton gives us the best chance to win. I get it, all right? This isn't about Dalton as a player. He seems like he's a, a good guy. He uh, He's had a very decent career in the NFL. But, I mean, come on, let's be realistic. He hasn't been a good quarterback for at least five seasons. Go, go look at the numbers. Yeah. We're not making them up, you know? And so the simple fact is that you have this bright young player who is – uh, as Jim was saying, you know, two years at Ohio State. So as big as a game could be, he's been in them, right? And now you're all of a sudden saying to him that just because he's young, he's not the guy. I, I that, To me, that's a weak excuse. It, it just doesn't make sense. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier where, yes, Justin Fields is the only thing that matters this year. And I, if I had to guess what they're probably thinking is, Maybe Andy Dalton, because he's a veteran, gives you a marginally higher chance to win that game. And football culture is kind of like, we need to do everything we can to win this week. And that's just a dumb way to approach it when you have a potential franchise quarterback in his first year. Like, he should be on the field playing and learning, especially when this team has no realistic chance at competing for a Super Bowl this year. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's uh, as you were saying, um, if we're not, if we don't have uh, Fields out there uh, getting the necessary experience that he needs this year, then what is it that we're doing this season? Because to me, uh, the Super Bowl, even the playoffs right now, are a pipe dream. I don't see how they change that. Yes, they had a good week on defense uh, last week, um, you know, and it was awesome to see us finally the front seven come alive. Uh, we had great penetration on the line. Uh, the the linebacking core uh, certainly looked good. Um, even Alec Old, Ogletree looked uh, pretty good. And But let's also remember that we're one week removed against playing against a high-powered offense that crushed us. I, I mean, uh, Matt Stafford, I don't think, ever looked so good against the it's Bears. the worst defensive performance for the Bears, I think, in 20 years. <laughs> I, I think they gave up like eight or nine yards per play or something like that. And statistically, that was the worst game in 20 years. And they were worse than that. Yeah. Like, that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. And tell me what it accomplished having Andy Dalton out there for that game. Nothing. Like... Absolutely. Maybe if Fields plays that game, maybe he throws that bad interception in week one and then he doesn't do it last week, right? Like, this kid is smart. Like, our experience is with Mitch Trubisky, who 
is not the brightest guy you can just tell yeah like that's not the case with justin fields like every single thing that anybody has said about that him whether it's his coaches or his other evaluators just talks about how smart the kid is he's gonna learn from his mistakes like absolutely give him the chance to learn from his mistakes and maybe then it maybe this week he would be ready to go out and win a game on the road in cleveland but now it's his first start he's gonna be making those mistakes again you're probably gonna lose you're probably gonna lose anyway but the only way this team actually has any realistic chance to do anything is if he is great. Like, and you've just wasted time with Andy Dalton. And what's it gotten you? Like, nothing. And the, all the talking heads, um, people outside of the Bears organization have been excited for Bears fans uh, ever since we took Fields. I've read countless uh, posts about the by you know by the people that are supposed experts that we may have drafted the best quarterback in this draft yes above Trevor Lawrence um you know he this kid has a incredible pedigree um and the fact that uh he he came from a powerhouse uh a powerhouse school and and has played at the highest levels means that he's already seen the kind of pressure that you see in an NFL game. Was his game very good last week? No. You know what, though? Um, I still liked seeing him on the field. And no, his numbers weren't very good. But let's not forget that he also made some plays that our receivers didn't didn't back him up on, right? Um, if you really want to look to me at, at uh, what is going on with the offense, how often do we look at our receiving core and say, what the fuck? I mean, seriously, it's been years and years and years. Nagy goes and actually finds a great player that it, not a lot of people are counting, uh, counting on coming back. Uh, when, he, when he found Robinson at Jacksonville, he brings this guy up and, you know, uh, he takes the shot on him. And it actually pays off. It pays dividends. It's like, yes, you've made a great stock buy, low. And now you, now you have this great player and you don't turn around and sign him? What is that? I haven't heard one logical explanation for that. Other than Nagy coming, uh, Nagy and Pace uh, coming out and just saying, you know, uh, this will happen at some point. You know, I, I heard a great thought on this actually this week and i'm not saying it's right but where did matt Nagy come from the chiefs who's alan robinson on the chiefs they don't have one they've got a bunch of fast guys right maybe that's the reason and it's the only plausible thought that i've heard on that topic and that would be just a ridiculous reason not to have signed him but absent that i can't think of anything that makes sense other than maybe that ryan pace has made such a mess of the salary cap with the other bad players that there's and that no is room. a that is a really good point too because if you look at our receiving core it's a bunch of little guys uh, i mean yes i get it they're all look at this guy's speed look at this guy's speed okay um you know i thought we had a good speed guy at we have a good speed guy in mooney He's a good player, right? And he's young. It was a, it was in the golden zone of Pace's drafts, for the round four and five. That's where he seems to really click. But you don't need to go and get every 
speed guy out there. Uh, you also need some guys with some height. We, we have one receiver who's over six feet tall, and that's Robinson. Robinson's our giant. I mean, yes, we should have some other guys. And it's it seems like what they instead did is they built the roster out of all these speed guys at receiver, and then now we have five tight ends, right? <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is that? Uh, Jimmy uh, Graham has uh, one catch. He's played like twenty snaps in two games. <laughs> like the roster construction is such a clown show. It like is. if you if you actually dive into the way this roster is built, it, it makes no sense. It makes you ill. It, it does. Like when for, I mean, first of all. Nick Foles is a $7 million cap hit <laughs> this year and next year. And I'm pretty sure maybe one year after that. I could be wrong on that. But, like, it's a bit of a sidetrack. But, like, people rip on pace for Mike Glennon. And I totally get it. It was a lot of money to a bad player. <laughs> but it really only impacted the cap for the one year he was on the team during a rebuilding year. That's right. The Foles contract is so much worse. It's awful. And... Not only did you take on that just horrible contract, like you said, you also traded a fourth-round pick. But anyway, besides it, the point, like, y- 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 Jimmy Graham, and I didn't hate the signing as much as a lot of people did. Like, last year he caught eight touchdowns. He earned his contract last year, but this year they're not using him. And even if they were using him, he is such. it feels like such a luxury that you just can't afford to have a guy that's in there just to score touchdowns in the red zone. Like, there are so many better places that you could allocate resources on this roster. Look you know, at the secondary. And this is, this is a really good point. Um, you know, I like to say I could give a shit less how much money the McCaskies spend. I, I really could. But the simple fact of the matter is that every sport comes down to allocation of resources. Yeah. And that, that's, a, that's a primary resource, right, is, is who you give the money to. And this is what I was saying about Robinson. Robinson has earned the money. Why wasn't he an automatic sign two years ago when he would have been cheaper? But instead, we now are in a place where we have probably a disgruntled player, a disgruntled good player, yeah. uh, which, by the way, uh, I think everybody would have pretty much agreed that Allen Robinson seems like a pretty good guy. Yeah. So we bring in a bright young star, right? And... What would be great to have for that bright young star? A veteran receiver who is playing near the top of his prime right now. That would be a great thing to have. But instead, it looks like we're going to have a loner till the end of the season. Well, just think about what message that sends to other free agents. Allen Robinson's come in and done everything right. He has produced despite garbage quarterback play. And what do you do? You stick him with the franchise tag and you're probably going to cut him at the end of this year? Like... I don't know off the top of my head who the next best free agent wide receiver is going to be next year, but say the Bears are bidding on him and some other team offers that receiver the same amount of money, who do you think he's going to sign with? Right. Not the Bears, because they have shown that they didn't reward somebody who came in and did the right thing and earned every cent of that contract. Well, and how much are they going to pay? Because the way I understand this was originally... Robinson wanted eighteen, uh, tw- wanted eighteen million, and we were offering 16, 16 million, and Pace would not budge above that number. But that number now, I understand, has moved to twenty million, and if you look at it, that's not, that's not unreasonable. That's the numbers that those guys are getting. He is a top ten receiver by every metric. 
uh, probably more around number seven, somewhere around there. And so the, the fact of the matter is, is that if we we're going to let him go, which I don't really see why he would come back uh, the way he's been treated, um, how much is that money is it exactly that we're going to spend? Is Darnell Mooney going to be the new number one? Really? I mean, no. Mooney is a good player. I'm excited that we got him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. He set a rookie record last year. Of course, uh, we had terrible rookie records to begin with, but that's beside the point. But now, what are we going to do? He's not a one. I can guarantee you he's not a one. Uh, it, that's not going to happen. And so we have a one. We're going to lose him. Now we're, we're going to be left with a big hole. Yeah, it's exactly what happened in the secondary almost, where you had to cut Kyle Fuller because you made bad investments in other part of the roster. And now what are we looking at? I mean, last week the D-line got home. Burrow didn't have time to go downfield. But against the Rams, what was the common theme? You had some guy playing nickelback that nobody's ever heard of that used to be a safety and was basically a special teams player <laughs> that lets Cooper Cup get 50 yards behind him. You had another play where I'm forgetting uh, what the guy's name, Jefferson, Van Jefferson, where your your two veteran safeties don't touch the guy down after he <laughs> lands on the 20 yard line and he walks into the end zone. It's like your secondary is a bottom five unit in the NFL, probably, and you had a guy there, Kyle Fuller. It might be. It might be bottom. Yeah, it might be. It absolutely might be. I mean, the Lions still exist, but you know, <laughs> it's down there and. That was a position of strength that now you've had to turn into a weakness because you're investing money in Jimmy Graham and Foles and Quinn and Quinn had a good game last week. But. And with and, and with that, you know, fans need to keep in perspective that while uh, we really enjoyed that win, um, you know, we were playing against Joe Burrow. He's a, he's essentially a rookie because he would he play five games last last year. Yeah. Now, when we played against Matt Stafford, he torched us. He did what he wanted at will. That game was never close, in my opinion. And yeah, I know that the score was close in the first half, but I don't feel like that game was close. I didn't feel at any point we were a threat. And the, uh, the, the Bengals game, yeah, we did a pretty good job of controlling that up until the end, right? And suddenly, uh, Burrow started to get a little bit of a feel there. Now, as this proceeds, we're going to face Baker Mayfield this week, um, who has a heck of a lot more experience than Burrow does, and he has some weapons on offense. It'll be interesting to see how that works, because um, while I wouldn't put uh, Mayfield at the level that Stafford is playing right now, um, I certainly would put him above Burrow, no question. Well, and the way this secondary is built... Anybody that lines up over the nickel corner is going to be open. I mean, the Bears nickelback situation is a dumpster fire. Absolutely. Marquise Christian or Duke Shelley or whoever else you want to throw out there. And did I hear today, is, is Tashawn Gibson out? Oh, I haven't heard that. I, I, I think he's listed as doubtful, so he's not going to play. So, so that means they're going to be filling in at safety once again. Hey, you know what would be really great is if we still had Adrian Amos in that spot. Yeah, I mean, so you're, you're already weakening a very weak unit. And, yeah, I mean, the Browns, if I were them, they're going to be able to run the ball too because, of course, once again today, Eddie Goldman didn't practice. He's yeah. probably not going to play. What is his deal? I, you know, I, I mean, the, the guy says absolutely nothing to anyone, comes back, uh, immediately gets COVID. 
<laughs> he didn't play last year because he didn't want to get COVID. Immediately he gets COVID. Uh, and he hasn't... I, I, has he even been on the field? I mean, yeah, it's, he's been invisible. This year he hasn't played. Yeah, so, you know, the thing is, is did he He didn't make it on the field at all He's been week. He's been out yeah. both games. So, you know, that's the thing is, what exactly is going on with him? You know, is it psychological? Is it physical? What? Yeah, I mean, nobody seems to know, and you don't ever want to question a guy's, you know, want to. But with him, it's like, does this guy even want to be out there playing? I mean, he's the fifth highest cap hit on the team. Yeah. And he hasn't played in a year and two games. He's probably not going to play tomorrow. I mean, what are you getting for that money? And can somebody figure it out? Like, if the guy doesn't want to play, figure it out. Have him retire. Cut him a check. Do whatever you need to do. Because right now, he's just not really earning. He's not giving you any return on that investment. Well, and, and you know, okay, so that brings up another question is, Bears fans love to, uh, I feel like, when I read the, uh, when I read comments, I always feel like they're coming up with these magical trades, right? Yeah, right like, God. like. I, I, I don't understand where they see value on the Bears roster. Because, guys, just to, just so you realize, the Bears have very little value on their roster right now, okay? Um, even the mighty Mac. Mac is not worth as much as people think. Why? Because he has a contract the size of a Cadillac. That's why. And he's he, in decline. Yeah, and, and he's in decline. Nobody wants to pay. Now... Uh, nobody wants to pay what he has uh, out in front of him right now. And while he is a good player, um, I read that uh, his metrics were actually very good at outside linebacker last year. He's not one of the top five uh, top five players in the NFL, and he's paid like one of the top five players in the NFL. It reminds me when the Bears signed Jared Allen, and he was awful, and Phil Emery said, well, he's been good against the run. It's like, that's great. You didn't sign him to be good against the run. You, you signed him to be a game wrecker, and it really hasn't been happening. And you can talk about maybe he's drawing double teams. Not in the games I'm watching. He's getting single-teamed a lot, and he's not beating Absolutely. the blocks. And he's been, you know, he's older now. I mean, he was great for half a season. He got hurt, if you remember, in 18. And it's never really seemed that he's been the best player since. Like, the only – there I can think of probably – well, other than Fields, obviously, I can think of two positions of value that the Bears have. It's Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith. Yeah, and both of those are good young players. Both good young players. Roquan Smith's a middle linebacker. You're not getting anything crazy for a middle linebacker. If you're talking about um, real trade value, yeah. that's that's real trade value. And of course, now we'd have to be total morons to trade him. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you're looking at real trade value, those two players... Uh, immediately come up. There are some good young pieces. I was reading uh, uh, a post um, about uh, teams, uh, team rosters uh, 25 and younger, and there actually are some good pieces on on the team. Bilal Nichols is another one, mm-hmm. right? But you, those are the guys that you want to cultivate. And Bilal, that's, Bilal, that's what you. That's why you draft them. Yeah, Bilal Nichols would maybe get you a sixth round pick. Oh yeah, like no, nobody's trading for those guys. No, the only trade. That the only trades that go through in the NFL are for draft picks, and God knows Ryan Pace loves to do that. <laughs> I mean, I can't get too mad at him about trading away the first round pick next year because it got us Justin Fields, but the amount of draft capital that the Bears have just absolutely squandered—I mean, just he trading, in particular, yes, exactly, trading up for just ridiculous pieces. Yeah, and the um, you know you you go and you look at uh, how he's misused those resources and 
you know, it's it's a really long list. I mean, if you, if you really feel like you want to cry in your beer, uh, go look at uh, the the draft list from over the years, and it it will it will upset you. I mean, uh, you know, Shaheen, right, and then Anthony Miller, uh, those were expensive players. I'm not talking about monetarily. I'm talking about pure resources of the team. They were high priced, you know, and we got nothing. We got nothing from them. I mean, we traded up for Anthony Miller. Did we trade up for Adam Shaheen too? Yeah. And and everybody, I remember when they drafted him, everybody was like, Adam who? Yeah. <laughs> where, where did he play? Eden Prairie High School? Um, you know, I mean, everybody was like, wow, you know, way to reach deep there. And reach is what it was. Well, it goes back to what you and I were talking about the other day, which is that every team makes mistakes in the draft. The best organizations hit on, uh, you know, whatever, 70% of their picks. But it's the misses that you make when you're just trying to be the smartest guy in the room that are just infuriating. Yeah, he does, he does the clever guy yeah. a lot. Mitch Trubisky, yeah. right? I mean, and, you know, I'll give Ryan Pace a little bit of slack on that because he is not the only one that had Mitch Trubisky on the top of their board. Right. But to not even do your diligence on Deshaun Watson, the guy that had won two national championships, and we'll put aside what's going on with him right now off right. the field. But right. just from a pure talent standpoint, it just made absolutely no sense. Like, the fact that Ryan Pace had came out didn't even have dinner with Deshaun Watson. He had dinner with Mahomes and Trubisky. How does how does that happen? And it's what, ridiculous. And what is going on in your organization that that's allowed to happen? Yeah, I mean the the kid played amazing football in college. I mean we're talking Madden football in college, and you instead are looking at a kid who played on a mediocre team uh, with mediocre numbers for thirteen games. I mean it wasn't you know with with Fields, we drafted an all-star. Literally, he is an all-American player. He played for one of the toughest programs in the nation, and he played at the highest level. Uh, his metrics uh, across the board are ridiculous over the last three seasons. Trubisky, barely anybody had even heard of him before the end of that season. And it was mostly just because that was a fairly weak draft. Well, and, you know... I'll always fall back on. I listened to pretty much every Mitchell Trubisky press conference for the four years he was here. What could he have possibly said at that <laughs> dinner that made Ryan Pace fall in love with him? Yeah, the he, guy, he doesn't strike you as the, as the brightest bulb on the strand. No, he really doesn't. And all of his teammates always had really positive things to say about him. So maybe he just didn't present himself well in front of the media. But the guy just doesn't sound smart. And, you know, I actually like Trubisky. Yeah. I, 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 every single thing I read about that kid while he was with the team was positive. Everybody said that he worked his ass mm -hmm. off constantly, you know. And so I don't blame him. I actually, I think he's a decent player. He has some glaring gaps that will, 
that will probably stick with him and he probably won't ever really be a true starter. I see him, but I see him as one of the top backups in the NFL. I'd be interested to see him in a simplified scheme and not Matt Nagy's 3000 level bullshit that he's always going off about that we've never actually seen come to fruition. That he more along the lines forced on Trubisky rather than the other way around. I mean, just talk about not putting someone in a position to succeed. Like Mitch... If he's not the most sophisticated football mind, you can still work with him. He's athletic. He's got a good arm. Yeah. So he's obviously not going to play in Buffalo this year. But I hope that he put enough on tape during the preseason that he actually gets a shot somewhere and he has a coaching staff that actually knows what they're doing. I could see him still being a relatively successful quarterback. I don't think he's there's, ever going to win a Super Bowl. There's but. never been a good explanation as to what happened after 18 because a, the run game for Trubisky was a big part of that 18 season. He he got uh, – I'd have to go back up and look up the numbers, but as far as quarterbacks, he had a very sizable amount of first downs uh, running, the, running the football. He had – uh, I think the second most yards rushing, uh, rushing the football that season, and then suddenly next the next year he didn't run at all. And so that's not. I, I don't buy the Trubisky was afraid to run. I don't buy it. No. I, that was coaching. That was one hundred percent Nagy saying we want to make you into a pure pocket passer. I mean, that's that's his thing. That's his scheme. And we know what good coaches do. They adapt to the players that they have. Right. Like, if you think about what, what John Harbaugh did with Lamar Jackson, he basically completely just reshaped his offensive Absol- roster he, to he, fit that He guy. completely changed it yeah. so that he could benefit from every uh, ability that uh, Jackson brings to the game. And, yeah, he's, he said, you know what? You can run. You can run like the wind. I'm going to have you run like the wind. And you know what? He hasn't, Jackson hasn't uh, won his Super Bowl yet, but I think that every year people are looking at that team and going, they could, you know, they could do it this year. And it, it, what, at 23, he won NFL MVP? Yeah. So uh, I think he's, I think he's, I mean, people forget, he, what is he, 25 now? I mean, Young. he's got a lot of years left in him. And, and he might not ever win a Super Bowl. He might not ever get past Mahomes, but he's maximized his potential. Like, when you look at the Bears under Ryan Pace's regime, or really ever, what player has maximized their potential in the, in the recent history of the Bears? It, it, it's a hard thing to look at because, really, there aren't any. No. I mean, if you look at a guy that we, that we drafted and then uh, uh, made mollable and molded into the guy that we wanted him to be and then gave him that second contract where we get to really use that player that's been molded and uh, in his prime, it's it's really thin. And that was one of the things that uh, I, I like to tell uh, other fans that it pisses me off that Pace got rid of Adrian Amos. No, he wasn't a superstar. But you know what he is? He is a really solid player. He's a lunchbox guy. That's Ditka, right? He is. He's a Grabowski, right? He comes in and he gets the job done every single game. He shows up to every single game. You don't wonder where Amos is. He was always around. And he had a great spot because he allowed Eddie Jackson to roam free. So what do we do? We let him go to the 
the team that we hate the most. Oh, which, by the way, go look up his numbers. I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, and you didn't replace him once again. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. I mean, I mean, really? I like Deshaun Gibson. He seems like a good player. But there's something to be said, in my opinion, for just keeping your guys, right? Gibson is a good player, yeah. but you know what? He was a good player. He's given 10 years of his career to other teams. That's the problem, is that we brought him in, and he's on his last legs. He's never going to be the player he was. He's just used up his energy, right? But ha-ha, Clinton Dix. I mean, seriously? I, the the Packers all had to be laughing at us when that happened. And, and you found the guy that maximizes potential adrian amos did so the fifth round safety good job on that one but exactly the high draft picks the guys that should be the building blocks of a championship team every single one of them is underachieved that goes for draft picks that goes for free agent signings right i mean khalil mack has he honestly lived up to that contract i would say no if you look at um to me one of the worst positions that you look at is tight end uh, since uh, since Pace has been in uh, in charge, tight end is an uh, is a total disaster. It's a major car wreck, right? We're talking about a twenty car pileup, multiple deaths involved, bloodied, you know. So and it, you 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 can look back to Dion Sims. How about that name? Go look it up. Yeah, because you don't remember who it is. You know, it's it's a total disaster, and it. I thought it would get better. I really thought last year we had a chance to really address that uh, with Austin Hooper or uh, some of the other uh, some of the other young uh, players that were available. And instead of absolutely using our other resources that we need to allocate, but instead, what does he do? He pays for an old free agent, way too much money, the like laughing stock of the NFL kind of money, and then he uses on top of it a, a high draft pick for the other player. And it's like, what are you doing? And Cole Komet is also just not shown up. No. Who, who evaluates skill position players on offense under Ryan Pace? <laughs> because you could throw a wide receiver into that group. Absolutely. Too. I mean, that's arguably been worse than tight end. They got Allen Robinson, good signing, and Mooney seems like he might be a good pick. But other than that, I mean, oh. Agreed. Uh, go look at uh, Bears fans. Go look up Cole Komet's uh, college numbers. Tell me why he was so highly ranked. Other than the fact that he played at Notre Dame, which made him high profile, and the fact that he is big. And he right? grew up in Arlington Heights. Yeah, there you go. He's a Chicago boy, right? Those are, you know, that's great. But I want numbers. And if you go look at his numbers, they're non-existent. He, he didn't play hardly at all until uh, his last season uh, as a junior. And then, go look, at, go look at it. He only played about half the season. So, we didn't even use the peck on a on a proven player it's and here we are uh we're in 2021 and we have five tight ends on the roster are you kidding i mean and i i gotta say right now the one i'm excited about the most is jesper horstead yeah and i mean it, it just goes back to the way this <laughs> roster is constructed i mean 
It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, nobody's even talked about the fact that we got an undrafted free agent as our starting center who's played seven games in the NFL. And granted, those have been pretty good games. But there's so many other just blatant holes on the roster that that just goes completely unnoticed because he's been pretty good. Like, I mean, it's just such a mess in pretty much every position other than quarterback. Yeah, the and, line the line is has been a problem the entire time it's been under pace. Um, you know what? I, I thought that uh, Leno, Charles Leno, was a good player, yeah. and he and he came. He was another lunchbox guy, right? Showed up. He he showed up every single game, and that was great. But to look at him and go, he was a a great starter or even a good starter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You're really starting to stretch things. He what he would have been great at is being in that position until we used a higher draft pick on a replacement for him. And then we wouldn't have had to put that uh, lineman right in. But instead, we just got rid of him uh, because we never bothered to address the position in the last uh, six seasons or so. Literally a day after the draft, they yeah. got Charles Leno. You know, and uh, Jim Jim was, um, he was one of the first people to call uh, Tevin Jenkins, by the way. I didn't see it anywhere online. He was the first person that said, watch, this back injury is going to be a problem. Why are they keeping Tevin Jenkins on the on the active roster? Why not just redshirt him? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, that's a good point honestly because you're talking about a rookie first of all that just had back surgery that's trying to learn a new position and you're expecting him to be able to come back this year why fucking bother right exactly i mean the thing is is that i could understand it if he was a skill position player because if nothing else if he's a receiver right you can put him in at number four right or number five right so at least he's getting on the field he's getting some experience nobody brings in a rookie tackle three quarters of the way through the season and says, oh, here you go. I mean, that's just not going to happen. He didn't play left tackle in college. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's going to be able to pick up that position mid-season after having surgery. It's just not going to happen. It's dumb. I mean, it's, it's going, it's again, how, how many teams in the NFL either had him off the board due to injury or had him pegged as a right tackle? Right. But nope, here's Ryan Pace. I know better than everybody else. I'm going to draft him, and on day one, he's my starting left tackle. And, and, and you, you know what? He's out for the season now. I, 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 don't, I, I'm, I think you are, too. I, I'm excited about Tevin Jenkins. This might be good. I thought it was a great pick. But did I think he was going to be a great pick for our left tackle? No. I wanted Christian Derisaw. Now, I thought that we used um, the pick uh, the best way we could. I, I, I love the Justin Fields pick, um, and I don't care that, what they had to give up for him. Now, the unfortunate part is that we had to waste a lot of resources to get to this point, and we, we had to further mortgage uh, the team out even, even further so that we could make this pick. Um, which is another reason that we come back to why isn't he playing? We gave up so much to get him. Get him on the field. Get some excitement. Yeah, and just to close down that last point, what would have been so wrong with bringing Leno to camp and saying you're competing with Tevin Jenkins for left tackle? Agreed. Because if that had happened, you wouldn't have had to sign Jason Peters off the couch. And granted, Justin Peters has been okay for the first two games or game and a half because he got hurt in the first game. But does anybody think he's going to make it through not 17 games? The guy looks like a blimp. Yeah, I mean, 
He's 39 <laughs> years old. I mean, and if he goes down, what's the backup plan then? Yeah, um, you know, uh, that that is. That's a really good point because uh, Leno, um, lo- Leno loved playing for Chicago. Yeah. Uh, he talked about it all the time. It's a seventh-round uh, pick. Yeah, a seventh-round pick that made good. Um, I was never a big uh, Bobby Massey fan, if you really want to look at the tackles. But for some reason, a, a cast-off from New Orleans that he was involved in became our starting right tackle and was a problem the entire time he played. He was one of the most penalized uh, tackles in the, in the NFL, by the way. Um, so, but he chose, uh, Pace, Pace chose to never address tackle. he Whenever he would draft linemen, he was drafting the interior guys. He was never paying attention to tackle, unless you count Lachavius, Simmons, and <laughs> whatever the other guy is, are two seventh-rounders. Man, I, I could sit here all day and talk about Ryan Pace. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just so many things that even the most basic football fan can understand just how it just doesn't make sense to say hey we're gonna draft a guy he's gonna be here day one he's gonna be our starter and we're gonna have no backup for it <laughs> what what could possibly go wrong there it's just i mean just ugh, come on man like just basic common sense you don't even need to be a football fan to yeah. understand how dumb that is and yeah there's you know. uh when you when you when you look at what was available I think Jenkins was a good pick, and I do think he's going to be a good player for for the team. But when you know that there is a back problem, any back problem, involved with a player, that is a red flag. How do we not know this when we have Chris Williams in our history? You know, I that's the that's the most frustrating thing is, you know, who is? It's like you were saying, who is doing these evaluations? You know, because they should be fired. Yeah, and I, I won't give Pace too hard of a time on the medical side of it because I don't know, like, he's not a doctor, right? So, like, the doctors may say, hey, this could be Thank a problem. God. It's a calculated <laughs> risk. Who knows, right? But it's just like, I... I is this the liver or the gallbladder? <laughs> yeah, man, seriously. Ryan Pace is just a comedy of errors. I, 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 I think... You know, <laughs> what's, uh, what's interesting about that, though, is does... Do we keep Pace and... He, we, we decide to finally fire him, which, by the way, I don't think will happen until after 2022. Uh, but we fire him, and all of these mistakes he's made, he's now, you know, cured himself of, and he goes to another team and becomes an outstanding GM. Does that happen? Oh, do you think he'd ever get another job? I don't. <laughs> Not as a GM. Well, at least, I bet he gets one at least as, as director of player personnel. Maybe. Uh, he, he did actually pretty well in that job for New Orleans. I mean, he just can't be the top guy because he just doesn't know what he's doing on so many different fronts. And it's obvious. He's been the GM for how many years? Seven? Yeah, I think seven. Who who gets seven years in the NFL with his track record of success? Uh, you mean, uh, how was he just not fired for for Trubisky, exactly. point blank. Like, nobody would ever hire him again as their general manager because of that. I mean, he he didn't just misevaluate the talent. Um, and as you were uh, alluding to earlier, uh, not even really fully investigate, at least from, uh, at least from the armchair, right? Mm-hmm. But on top of it, uh, he traded up. <laughs> I remember when he did that, yeah. the... 
every sportscaster on every single network was like, what just happened? I mean, in the 49ers blew that pick, too. I can't even remember the name of the defensive <laughs> oh, yeah. tackle. Um, Solomon Sol- Thomas? Sol- yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that was a bust, too. Trubisky was actually a better pick. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just a fundamental ability to misread the market i guess that's but the kind niners of, kind got of a free negative, stuff but exactly i mean and they weren't gonna draft trubisky is 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 pace the most naive gm in the nfl like who is gonna give jimmy graham 16 million dollars <laughs> oh, which by the way bears fans go look it up graham was i believe last year the highest paid uh, tight end in the nfl yeah. for single for for just that one season you know not not overall contract he has paid $9 million last year. And, like, I don't know what the solution is with the Bears because from the day Ryan Pace was hired, it didn't really seem like the right hire. They could have hired Chris Ballard, right, the Colts GM in that same cycle. Obviously a bad hire with Ryan yep. Pace, right? Like, But who's making the decisions in that building? Well, when, Pace, when, when, uh, when they brought in Pace, um, I looked at his pedigree, and I thought, wow, well, you know, there is – uh, there is something to be hopeful here for. He he was a part of some good, uh, of some good moves with New Orleans. But the one thing I did dread was quarterback because you looked at his history and really the only quarterback that he was a part of was Aaron Brooks. That's about it. Um, it Drew Brees was above his head. Uh, yeah, now he was involved with the team when they brought Brees, but that wasn't his decision. I was thinking about this today, and this is more of an organizational comment, because Matt Nagy should be under evaluation, too. Like, he's done nothing to prove that he should be the coach here long term, and Fields is more important than him. And in a good organization, say at the bye week or after five games or something, somebody from the front office should be talking to Justin Fields and saying, what have you thought of Nagy? What have you thought of his game plans? Are they working for you? Are there things that he could be doing better or that we could be doing better? Who in the Bears organization is having that conversation with him? <laughs> it, it doesn't seem like there is anybody. There was, no, I mean, uh, who, who would, I mean, really? Who would do it? It, it? Ryan Pace? No, I don't think so. Yeah, um, Nagy is, uh, you know, he's a conundrum as well because uh, we've they're giving him just about every break that's possible. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I distinctly remember um, the playoff game that Nagy's going to call the game with the Chiefs, and it was a total, you know, it was like you said, it was a dumpster fire, right? But, um, but we still brought him in anyway, right? And and the thing was is that we brought him in, and he talked at first about how excited he was work, to work with Trubisky, right? But does really anybody look at his work with Trubisky and go, he really tried to make the team around Trubisky? I I don't know of anybody who would evaluate it that way. Matt Nagy should be sending Cody Parkey a check for the rest of his career because if Cody Parkey doesn't double-doink that kick, everybody's talking about how Matt Nagy's offense came out Absolutely. and scored 15 points against that Eagles defense in that playoff game. That was a horrible defense. It was a horrible, horrible defense. And the Bears had nothing on offense. They came out the first game of the next year after going on and on all offseason about the kicker, and then the first game against the Packers did nothing on offense. Like, when has Matt Nagy demonstrated any ability to develop players or to be good at game planning? Like, does he give them any tactical advantage? The the supposed uh, um, offensive guru, uh, the the QB whisperer, uh, I mean... 
uh, you know, we we the the coaching staff is chock full of uh, quarterback guys, mm-hmm. and but it's I I think about that and I'm like, if I'm Trubisky or now Fields, who am I listening to? I mean, like they have every single quarterback guy on the on that's available on there. And, you know, a lot of good that did them when you look at Foles. Yeah. Uh, all of them had worked with Foles. And he was a dumpster fire, right? He was a total car wreck. I don't know what people were thinking when they brought Foles in. He's never done anything in the NFL other than those six or seven games he had with the Eagles. A great Eagles team. Not a good team, a great Eagles team. And yeah, he, he lit it up. He, he was on fire for for basically seven games, though. Otherwise, he's been given every shot to be a leader on a team, and he has bombed everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what do you think Allen Robinson's thinking right now on his franchise tag? <laughs> like, what? If I'm Allen Robinson, kiss my ass. <laughs> like, what have you shown me? to demonstrate that you can maximize the potential of an offense. The only thing Nothing. is is that Robinson is looking at, at that kid. Yes. He is looking at that kid going, this kid could be good. I mean, Robinson's played with horrible quarterbacks his horrible. Entire, entire career. Jacksonville yeah. and here. Horrible. I mean, like, I think if you really broke it down, there's probably few wide receivers that could top it, how, how bad his bottom has been. Yeah, no. And, and yet, he still has... He still has Pro Bowl um, numbers. yeah Pro Bowl numbers. Uh, you know, even even in Jacksonville, right? He he had a really great year in Jacksonville, other than when he was hurt. And actually, since he came back from a, a very horrible injury, uh, his numbers have just built and built and built. Uh, the one thing uh, knock I've always had on him was his uh, catch percentage is lower than his uh, the guys that are around him, yeah. and it still is. But he's still increased it. That metric he's still worked on. He's still made it higher. That's a guy that could have been like a Bears Ring of Honor guy. Absolutely. And and they've they've just ruined it. And now they're gonna let him go. And he's probably gonna go. My biggest fear was they weren't even gonna tag him, and he was gonna go play with the Pack, <laughs> which might still happen. But I think Rogers will probably be gone. At least, which would be good, but I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense how how you bring that guy in and you you treat him the way they have. Yeah, and you know, uh, at what point will the Bears ever even be in the division with the best receivers? I mean, what wh- I don't understand how we can continually just stick anybody in there and go, oh yeah, you know, he's uh, he's good. I mean, Marquise Grissom, seriously. Really? I mean, what exactly uh, inspires anybody about that guy? You know, uh, yeah, I looked at his one good year that he had uh, in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, he also got thrown the ball. Um, I don't, it was like 125 times. You know, so uh, eventually, if you're an NFL receiver, you're going to catch some of those. Yeah. I mean, it it's it's a mystery. I mean, like it. At what point did? Do you just completely have to reevaluate how you look at your offense? I mean, let's say Fields is great. That, that, Dim, that's Dimier awesome. Bird? Yeah, but like, <laughs> where, where, when in the Bears' history have they brought in any success? Have they had been any sort of successful at developing offensive line or skill positions on offense? Never. Um, the Bears uh, have had an often an awful offensive line uh, since Cody Cody Whitehair. He's been fine. I mean, it's he's he's a good player. He's good. Uh, I, I I mean, if you if you if you made it into a star system, uh, I give him four out of five. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. And and it, he is he has been versatile too. But I also 
there's another one, right? A perfect, another perfect example of Pace drafts this kid that everyone says is a left guard. He's the number one rated left guard on all the top boards, right? So what does he do? He drafts him and makes him a center. How, what? Wait a second. No, he's was the top left guard. How did he suddenly become our center? Oh, and then he starts chucking the ball over the quarterback's head. And it's like, oh yeah, he'll, you know, he'll get used to it. Why? Why are you forcing him into it? Why don't you draft him in the position? Because you're clever. Yeah, exactly. And then you're just weakening two positions, right? It's just, I mean, God only knows what the other option at center was on the Bears roster. Probably nobody good, but it's just not putting guys in a position to succeed. And Daniels is a center. Like That's what he played at Iowa. He was the center. The, the perfect encapsulation of this regime was that play last year against the Lions where there was the strip sack on the goal line with Everson Griffin. Right. It's like you put everybody in the worst possible position. You had, you had Mitch <laughs> Trubisky in a six-step drop. To read the defense, something he's horrible at. Horrible. Everson Griffin beat Jermaine Effetti, who, <laughs> when you leave him on an island, can't block. Like, it's just putting everybody in the worst possible position. Like, who on this team is benefiting from the coaching you know, they're receiving? too, is, uh, is a, a hilarious story in his own right because he was the worst, the worst right tackle in the NFL when we got him from the Seahawks. And uh, so it was a he was a total near total bust uh, for the Seahawks as a first round pick, and we picked him up because he was going to be a right guard. Yes. So I, I think people have forgotten. And now it's like, oh, he's our new, we're going to give him four point three million dollars this year and make him our new right tackle. He was awful at Did tackle you guys in just, Seattle. What, how how do you how do you not remember what happened three seasons ago? It's just confounding i mean it's just decisions that are indefensible and you know i i wonder this too because ryan pace talks to the media pretty infrequently do you think that he knows how dumb he sounds every time he gets up there and talks because the things that he's up there saying just makes absolutely no sense like he got up there before week one and said we feel good about our tackles bullshit there is no there is no possible way that could be true none Literally every sportscaster in the in in the United States suddenly had a, one of those air one of those uh, question marks above their yeah. head. So you know, uh, so what it really breaks down to is I firmly believe that McCaskey, that George McCaskey, uh, who's the third McCaskey son to be in that seat, um, I firmly believe that he believes anything that Ted Phillips told tells him and. Uh, Pace is Ted Phillips' guy, and Nagy is Pace's guy. So therefore, uh, that therefore they're both uh, Ted Phillips' guy, and he's the you know he's the one that is running the personnel, right? And the simple fact of the matter is is that both of them have uh, Pace and Nagy have come out and said uh, previously that you know, those guys aren't involved in football operations. Bullshit. They absolutely are. It came out that Nagy was meeting weekly with McCaskey and Phillips last year. Yeah, and this is what I'll always go back to. The Bears need to somehow bring in some of the alumni of the franchise, right? Like, whoever it is, Tom Thayer or Olin Krutz or Alex Brown or Peanut Tillman, somebody that can go and sit there and just be an advisor or an impartial 
just just like just somebody in the front office to actually look at what these guys are doing because do you think Phillips has had 20 years like do you think McCaskey or Phillips has any ability to look at something that they're told by Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy and say no that's bullshit of course not like these guys I mean Olin Krutz had a great point the other day when we were talking about the offensive line when you look at the money the Bears have invested in the offensive line, I'm pretty sure they're paying their entire line less than they're paying Jimmy Graham. <laughs> like, of course the offensive line sucks. But do you think that's how it's being framed to the McCaskies and to Ted Phillips? No, Ryan Pace is framing it how he thinks it should be so that he can keep his job. Well, one thing that is kind of interesting is um, is the fact that uh, uh, Virginia McCaskey is a football fan. Mm-hmm. Um it, that The argument could be made that Virginia McCaskey, as far as the NFL is concerned, has probably watched more NFL games than any other person in the entire NFL. Probably. Um, and, you know, she she still goes to games. And the way I understand it, players love her. Yeah. I mean, they say great things about her all the time. Now, when you listen to, like, Erlacher, Briggs, or... Any player that was with the franchise for a long period of time, it is like reverence. Yeah, like they, they talk about her like she um, is. Uh, Mongo yeah. uh, the, from the from the '80s teams, all those guys. Uh, Mark Bortz uh, just got in the Hall of Fame. He immediately brought up Virginia. Yeah, as as do all of them. But she's not the one making football decisions. At least I would hope not at this point, right? Like. Who is the person that's evaluating Ryan Pace? Yeah. Ted Phillips? And, you know, this is something that we realize comes up every single year. But um, it has to – we need to stop talking about it. And the the McCaskey family has to start doing something about it because obviously what they're doing is not not working. Phillips has been in the same spot uh, for for 20-plus years. And, you know, during that time, I think we've had – two playoff wins you know uh i mean it's not to mention that they haven't gone to the playoffs you know very many times either so i I think at some point um you know some butts got to be they got to be fired go to the go to the cubs model right where you've got the crane kenny who is in charge of the business side of things and then you've got his equal on the baseball side with Theo Epstein or now Jeb Ho- Jed Hoyer. Yeah. Like, Ted Phillips should not be the boss of the general manager. Well, and heck, if you're if you're looking at it that way, which I agree they should, they just went and got Theo and said, you know what, win us, win us the World Series. Yeah. What did he do? <laughs> he, he, he just went and did that. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ted Phillips should not be in any football discussion. No. If you want if you want to keep him employed cuz he makes the Bears a lot of money, that's great. And I kind of believe that he's not. I mean, he might be in football discussions, but I would have to believe that Pace and Nagy are smart enough football guys to just not listen to him if they think what he says is dumb. But just remove the perception of it. But then like, again, he is the boss. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, I mean, he really is. When it comes to the team directly, he's the boss. No, yes. And, uh, and George, you know, George is, is, is just the figurehead. Yeah. I mean, cause, uh, he's, he's just the one that happens to be sitting in the, in, in the seat right now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this goes back to Justin Fields, right? Like, again, a well-run organization, which I understand is off the table <laughs> when we're talking about the bears, but in a well-run organization, if the coach is starting Andy Dalton because he gives you maybe a marginally better chance to win that week, 
The front office comes down and says, no, this is what we're doing. We're starting fields. This happened last year in Miami when they benched Fitz, even though he was playing well because they had a guy on the roster that was more important and they knew that team wasn't winning the Super Bowl. Like, who in the Bears organization is going to do that? Because Ryan Pace's ass is on the line too, so he's trying to win games. Like, he would love to get into the playoffs again because if they get into the playoffs and they lose in the first round, he gets another year. The McCaskies aren't firing him. Yeah. But they're not looking at it from the perspective that people that actually know football look at it where they're saying that if you get into the playoffs and you lose in the first round and you have wasted a year of Justin Fields, that's a failure. Fields was arguably, um, uh, by uh, all measures, uh, the um, arguably the most ready uh, quarterback coming out of college. Uh, that's, you know, that's all your top uh, evaluators saying this. And it, rightfully so. I mean, uh, you know, again, you look at that pedigree and you look what he, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately league, right? Yeah. Well, look at what he did in the last two years, you know, and for him to come in and to to sit on the bench is is ridiculous. Or, or that silly stuff they did in the first game where it was like, yeah, send him out there so he can hand the ball off. Are you kidding me? You know, it, that, that made no sense whatsoever. It didn't make if sense. If you're going to send him out there, at least have him do some, you know, try and do a real play. Uh, just him, send him out there to hand the ball off. You could have just had Dalton do that. Exactly. It just, again, it, it just accomplishes nothing to, to, the way they've treated this accomplishes nothing. It just has not made any sense. It hasn't benefited either quarterback. Well, um, I think that's about uh, that's about it for the first edition of uh, Bear Scat. Uh, how, you feel, how you feeling about the game this weekend? Uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about Bears Browns once. Yeah, we, we, we should we should address that a little bit. So um, so we're we're playing a team that is a comer. They have um, arguably uh, the best young team as far as roster is concerned uh, in the NFL. Uh, and I think, um, I think the line is going to struggle, uh, the O-line. Uh, I think that Fields is going to be outside of the pocket most of the game. Um, and I think that uh, our D-line is not going to have the same success that it had last week because they're playing against a more experienced quarterback uh, who has better weapons and a, a, a very solid young line, too. The Browns line is banged up. I don't know how many of those guys are going to play. I think the Browns win probably fairly easily. Like, if I was the Browns, right, I would say, look, we're banged up. We're clearly the better team here. We're great at running the football. I think they're going to try to, like, just take the air out of the ball, probably try to win an ugly game, sit back in zone, make fields, put together several consecutive good plays, just kind of a cover two thing. And I think that'll be successful. I think Fields is probably going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, I do too. I, I do I do see a Browns win here. Um, I just don't think that we have the firepower to do it. Once again, struggling on offense. Once again, ranked in the bottom five in nearly every single category. But I, you know what? To me, none of that matters. No. I just want to watch the kid. Exactly. I, I don't, you know, I read, I read posts uh, by some of the writers and even the ones I really respect and they're like uh, they're, they, they use this yearning of the Bears fans to watch the kid play like it's some kind of 
um, well, you know, you're going to get what you what you asked for when he goes out there and makes mistakes. That's You're missing the point. Exactly. The point is, is that the fans, we've watched shitty quarterback play for 25 years. All we want to see is a kid go out there with a really good grit and spirit and just let it rip, you know, and, and that's enough to bring the excitement. And it's fine that he makes mistakes. Like... He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. Like, Dalton's going to make mistakes yeah. if he's out there. I mean, do you know what Peyton Manning's touchdown-interception ratio was his first year? Oh, uh, it wasn't very good. 26 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, like, he had a pretty decent... Like, he, he's the example that everyone uses. Of, this guy sat, so he's great. Yeah. His first year, he threw 13 picks. He threw a lot of touchdowns, too. He had a pretty good year. But the Packers went six and ten, right? Like Fields is gonna make mistakes. And I, I would definitely say that that Packer team was better than that Colts team. Yeah, that Colts team was terrible. Yeah. Like, like Fields is gonna make mistakes. But this goes back to what we started talking about at the very beginning of this, which was you've wasted two weeks. He could have been making mistakes, and now he's gonna be making mistakes this week, and that's fine because he's smart. He's gonna learn from it. I, I mean, but, I, I, again, I, I know that I know that with you, um, I know that with myself. Uh, when we've watched Fields, when he ran around the corner uh, against the Rams, I about jumped out of my skin. Yeah. Last weekend, uh, when he was when when he was really uh, playing with some fire, uh, you know, let's bring up that third down run that really very few quarterbacks in the NFL would have actually got that run. Or done. when he made that throw to Robinson that he dropped. Like, can you yeah. imagine if Robinson had caught that? Yeah, that would have been on. Every highlight reel in the country. Absolutely. And I mean, he put it in the basket. You can't Perfect. throw the ball any better Perfect than that. Perfect throw. You got to make that catch. Yeah. But, so, uh, you know, I, I think that the kid has already done some seriously exciting things. Um, and it's it's certainly fun to watch it. I mean, if, say say Dalton's healthy next week, right? Like, I can, I can think of almost no scenario where I'm like, they got to go back to Andy Dalton. No, like, absolutely not. Even if Fields is awful... I, I don't care. Throw him back out there again. Like the only thing I could think of is if he is just completely incapable of reading the defense and he's just getting smoked on the blind side every time. I could see that. Maybe. I, but I, I, I don't, could, but I could I don't see th- making the change. If that yes. happens, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't either. I don't either. And I don't think he's going to be awful. I think he might throw a couple interceptions. He threw an interception last week, but... That's all part, like, I, I, I don't, like, this is another thing that Nagy would do with Trubisky. He always said, well, Mitch doesn't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, he does. He, he made the same mistake countless times. He, he just throws a, a thousand six-yard passes. Yeah. With Justin know? Fields, I actually believe he won't make the same mistake twice. I think he's going to see the same defense that he threw that pick on last week. And I don't think he's going to throw a pick on it this week. I think no. he's going to learn. He's smart enough. I think uh, I, I think that uh, Fields um, really has a tall poise in the pocket. Um, I feel like when he is out there, uh, there's no question as to who's running shit. Um, and I and I think that's I think that's a big part of uh, being a quarterback. You know, uh, Jim McMahon. Um, it really, if you look at his numbers. Yeah, he was a he was a decent quarterback, but I mean, he also had a team from God around him. You know, I mean, it was a, it, the the team was so ridiculously good at every single at every single position. It would have been hard to not be great. But the one thing that he did bring is when he was on the field, he had that look of like, "This is my shit. I'm running it." You know, don't argue with me. 
don't ask me because I just do what I tell you and I'll take you to the promised land. And that's what you see with Fields too. He's just kind of got that, he's got that he's vibe. Got that, he's got that vibe. He's got that swagger. That thing, whatever it is, you can just kind of tell like that guy's going to be a, a dude. Like, And if he struggles this week, fine. If the Bears lose this week because he makes critical mistakes, fine. I'm good with it. Throw him back out there. Yeah. Like we talked about, the only thing that matters this Dalton year is Dalton is exactly what you think Dalton is going to be. Yeah. Nobody was surprised, right? Nobody nobody thought Dalton was going to go out there and play like he did in 2016. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, but he, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to get a steady player. Well, if we wanted the steady player, we should have got him last year. That was what supposedly Foles was. No, Full sucked. If we wanted the steady player, we could have had him, but we cho- we chose not to do that. And you know, so it, we, here we are. Uh, the pass is the pass. Pace. If you want to play it that way, if you want to play the pass is the pass, and I've brought you a brand new future, then then bring it. Yeah, man. And there we go. We can wrap it up here. Like I think this week should be the start of that. I hope it is. I hope th- I hope they don't fuck this up. Right. It's the Bears. They might, but. I hope that there's some sort of, there's some semblance of reason in that building. I hope that, um, I hope that Nagy is really trying to, you know, make the best use of, of, uh, of Fields because he's got, I truly believe he has got a dynamite player right there. Any offensive guru would be able to build an offense around this quarterback. I think, I think if that doesn't happen, it's more of an indictment on Nagy than Fields. Uh, agreed. So, well, um, uh, thanks very much for uh, joining us. Uh, uh, and uh, join us next week uh, yeah, we'll when, we'll, when we'll bring another this is, this is edition of, it. of Bear Scat. <laughs> I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. All right. Thanks a lot, guys.